Hello again, and welcome back to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. I hope that you're checking back in for your regular update of information. Uh, And if you are, welcome back. If you're a first timer, I try to give you some information that's useful, helpful, safe, and effective at giving you a better hand in taking care of your own health. If you've been with me for my other podcasts, you know how this works. I hope you're listening to me on one of the more common places, maybe from Google or iTunes or Stitcher. If you are, subscribing will get you the latest update every time I put something new out. If you really like what you're hearing, it'd be great to give me some kind of a rating, make it a little bit more accessible for other folks. If you really like what's going on, share this with some other folks so they can get the information. Information is only good if people get it. So share with other folks and we can help folks start getting healthier. If you want to touch base with me directly, you can email me at Better Health Now podcast at gmail.com. I'm waiting to hear uh, somebody say they want me to talk about a certain topic or disagree with me. I don't have any problems with that. I won't claim to have all the answers. I'm just trying to give you some good information. Today, I want to talk about something just a little bit different. It's a topic that some of us really, really enjoy talking about and really get into, but it's a topic that I think the vast majority of people just absolutely hate, and that is diets. Now, when I talk about diets, I am not going to be talking about a diet for weight loss. I don't like the weight loss diets. I don't like the crazy diets either. The cabbage soup diet or the grapefruit with every meal diet or the hard boiled egg diet or the drink lemon water when you get out of bed first thing in the morning kind of diet to help you lose weight. I don't like those. I don't think those are sustainable. I don't think they're practical. Uh, I don't talk about those. We're not going to do those. When I say diet, I'm talking about your eating plan. What kind of foods are you going to eat? What are you going to make that look like? Uh, Back in the 1970s, we had something called the Pritkin diet, which was really a high-protein diet. Uh, It fell out of favor. It didn't work very well for some people, uh, but it has resurfaced again today as the Atkins diet, which is just a very high-protein diet. Today, we have... um, If you're not familiar with this, we have the South Beach diet, which was popular several years ago. We have the Mediterranean diet. We have the the paleo diet. Paleo diet says we should eat foods like prehistoric man. The Mediterranean diet was based on the fact that people who live in the Mediterranean area have a lower incidence of certain kinds of problems. And therefore, if we ate those kinds of foods, we would see some of those problems. Um, We have the, the Whole30 diet, people who seem like they're having a lot of uh, food sensitivities and chemical sensitivities are encouraged to eliminate a lot of foods out of their diet and gradually put them back in to see what the offending food is. We have a couple of diets that are more specific like the DASH diet or the Mayo Clinic diet. And I could probably sit here and talk until all of you are well past tired of me talking about the different names of diets that are out there. I don't want to do that. I'm going to try to get practical about some things. There's an article in the U.S. News and World Report magazine uh, earlier this year in 2018 that was talking about the best diets and the worst diets. They said that the two best diets, according to them, were the Mediterranean diet, looking at a lot of the foods that are eaten in the Mediterranean area, and the DASH diet, which is a diet aimed and created for people who were trying to control their high blood pressure. Surprisingly enough, they said that one of the hardest diets to follow, and therefore one of the worst in their opinion, was the paleo diet. Too restrictive uh, and, and too difficult for people to do. The DASH diet, like I said, was designed to help people lower their blood pressure. And it's a great sort of generalization for a diet. It's characterized by a mix of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, low-fat dairy. Now, everybody that 
eats food, is familiar with lots of those things and says, okay, those sound like pretty good things. I agree. Most diets are going to be looking at those those portions, those, those parts of it, and saying one part is better and one part is not as good. So people that are on that diet are, have been told to avoid the things that we all know we probably should avoid. Saturated fat, sugary beverages, sweets, which is a tough one for me to give up, full fat dairy products, and some of the oils. And that overall, those folks trying to lower their blood pressure should be eating less salt. Mediterranean diet, which is very similar, is high in fruits and vegetables. It emphasizes healthy fatty foods like fish and some good nuts and some olive oil, some of the things that have good fats in them. So everybody has a diet that stretches a little bit towards something or away from something. Um, those two are both pretty sound and they're, they're awfully similar. They have just a little bit of a different emphasis. Uh, now, we, we all have to eat every day. That's not a surprise to any of you, at least I hope it's not. Now, for some of us, the fact that we have to eat causes problems, causes difficulties, causes some headaches. Uh, and for some of us, on the other hand, the fact that we have to eat gives us opportunities. We can put good foods in there that cause good things to happen in our, on our body. The question I have for you is, are you a person who eats to live, meaning you put fuel in your body, that's all you're doing, or are you a person who lives to eat? You reward yourself with foods. I'm here, I do my workouts, I do all these things in my life just so I can go enjoy kind of foods. Now, a lot of us don't really think too much about whether we're an eat to live or live to eat kind of person. Um, and we don't think very much about what we eat. And this is a great place for problems to start, unfortunately. So the first thing that I want to do is encourage all of you to start thinking about how you make different food choices. Now, we all do that, whether we realize or not. We have to choose. You're going to choose today what and when you're going to eat something. Now, maybe your work schedule forces you to have lunch at your desk and you feel like you don't have a choice. Well, I understand that, and that's tough. Maybe your work schedule forces you to eat within a 30-minute window of time, and you really can't go to a restaurant and sit down and have a good, fresh-made lunch. Or maybe you take your meals behind the wheel of the car while you're taxing the kids. Ugh. So one way or the other, you're, you're going to eat something. Probably the thing to talk about first is uh, convenience. There are those of us who uh, eat because of what's convenient. Uh, we're behind the wheel of the car, or we, we have to squeeze in a lunch because we have a certain window of time. Fast food and drive through is obviously pretty quick. Um, and of course, everybody won't be surprised by this. There's a downside to them. They're not particularly healthy. Now, some of the fast food chains and drive through places have attempted to improve the overall health options for their foods because they've received some grief about the fact that they're not as healthy as some other choices. Panera Bread, for example, offers a choice of an apple to replace chips that you could get with your sandwich. McDonald's offers you to have apple slices in place of fries in your kids' meals. McDonald's also offers you a gogurt or drinkable yogurt to be put into kids' meals as well. We can make those choices, and I understand that people are busy and do end up needing to go get food on the go. Um, and if you if you can put apple or, or gogurt into your meals, then especially those kids' meals, your kids' nutrition is going to be significantly increased. It's going to be a lot better. That all by itself, could be a very realistic and achievable goal. Make better choices when you are going through drive throughs Now, I hope you don't get forced into the drive throughs too often, um, but maybe you can make it a little bit less unhealthy. There's another area that we talk about um, when we talk about diets, and that's losing weight. But 
you diet even if you're not trying to lose weight. So the foods that you're eating are defining your diet. So we need to think about that. A lot of people will joke and say that I'm on a seafood diet. I see food and I eat it. That's not what we really want to be doing. And also we don't want to just be dieting or eating based on convenience. Friends, coworkers have a, a named eating plan. So we're going to jump on that. At the same time, we don't just want to eat whatever happens to be there because that's sort of the eat what's there diet. There's problems with both of those. Convenience is difficult because it seems like it takes us out of control which seems completely backwards. You're driving down the car, you're taking your kids someplace, and you are literally in the driver's seat. So how are you not in control? Well, you're crunched for time, and it's also crunched for convenience. So in theory, it sounds good, but in practice, it ends up failing. Um, maybe you're driving someplace, and the healthier alternative that you really want to is across the street. It's in across the divided median. There's a big barrier between you and the place you want to get to. Well, you could go up to the next stoplight, turn around, make a U-turn, but that's very inconvenient for you. So you look at something that's on your side of the road. Sometimes you get to the restaurant that you wanted to or the fast food place and you look and the drive through line is horribly long, but the place right beside it or in the next, right across the way, has a, a smaller line. So you go there just out of convenience. A lot of the choices that we have in some of these fast food places are pretty limited in their uh, offerings for fresh vegetables, fruits, and maybe even whole grains. What you get at a lot of these places is a grilled burger, white bread buns, and of course, they just put a tiny little bit of salt on all those french fries that we all love so much. So when we talk about convenient and fast foods, there's a lot of potential fails in that. There's some ways to make it less unhealthy, but as a, as a rule, they're just not the best for most of us. As it's become less unhealthy, they're giving us more options. They've, they've given us choices to replace those things. Still, I'd rather you that you didn't have to, to, to go through those places any more than you have to. A little bit of planning ahead might prevent that, but sometimes we're just, we're just kind of stuck. We gotta make better choices when we possibly can. I wanna move over and talk about kind of the, the idea that there's the, the new fad diets. Ooh, I just read about the fill in the blank diet. This, is, this could be a little tougher for you because you may not have checked to see what diet is hot and hit the, hit the news today. Uh, it seems like there's a new diet every day. And one of, one of the many problems with these diets is that they consider certain foods or types of foods to be bad, whether they are or not. And then there are other foods that they say are good and you can eat them with great liberty. One of the best or worst examples of this would be the South Beach diet. South Beach diet came out several years ago and it emphasized the glycemic index of food. The glycemic index is, according to... Um, the internet, a relative ranking of carbohydrates in foods according to how they affect your blood glucose levels. So the people that created the, this plan say, um, we want to eat foods that are lower in elevating our blood sugar level. Bananas, for example, are terrible foods in their opinion because it makes your blood sugar levels react and go up very quickly. This plan asks you to memorize or learn the foods that are bad and avoid them and the foods that are good and eat as much as you want. And a lot of the the fad or new diets are similar. The paleo diet asks you to learn which foods our ancestors ate and then mimic ancestors eating. Go back a couple hundred years or thousands of years. And each one of these sort of fad diets will have some folks who've done well using that plan of eating. And somebody who's successful in that will recommend their plan to you and they might be pretty well informed about their plan because they've memorized the rules and it works well for them and it's a bunch of foods they like. The problem, though, is that all of us are leading different kinds of lifestyles. And a plan that works well for your friend may not be a good fit for you for lots of different reasons. 
Some folks just don't like learning rules. Some folks just don't remember some of that stuff. Some folks don't like the idea that you have to use an app that tells you whether food is okay or use an app to log everything that you've done. Recently, I did pretty well in a restrictive plan that demanded meal preparation, but I had a very, very difficult time maintaining that plan. I felt good and I lost weight, but it was really in conflict with trying to get my family meals. And I got tired of trying to duplicate meals, one for me and something different for them. So I, I just ended that plan. It just was not a good fit for me. So our real challenge is to find a plan of eating that fits into our schedule. It has the parts that we need, the parts that I need. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. We need a plan that's flexible enough to fit our family or our relationship or our work situations. And we need to find a plan that doesn't have any undesirable pieces. So scheduling, we need something that fits our schedule. Convenience, fast food, you, you gotta make better choices. The, the apples at Panera, the Go-Gurts instead of fries at McDonald's. Even to the point if you go to Subway, some of the condiments that you can put on your six inch Subway sub can have over 100 calories. Now there's not a lot of nutrition there, it's simply a condiment. If you don't pay attention to that and you start throwing just condiments on there, you can easily add 100, 200, maybe 300 calories to your lunch and if you're adding calories but not nutritional value, you're not coming out ahead on this. It's not gonna work well. You go to McDonald's and add a chocolate shake. The smallest chocolate shake at McDonald's is 440 calories. And the largest chocolate shake at McDonald's is 1,100 calories. For somebody who's on a 12 or 1,500 calorie diet, an 1,100 calorie shake uh, is just horrible because it's the vast majority of your, of your calories and there's very, very little nutritional value to it. So you're gonna be nutritionally bankrupt or calorically overboard. All of the convenience options, all of the, the different fast food stores could be made better or worse based on what you're ordering. So you've gotta be thoughtful. It's a huge important fact when you're gonna go order. So we gotta think about that. Now that's the, the concept of convenience foods. Some of us don't worry about convenience as much, we just need flexibility. The paleo diet wants you to have no grain, no legumes, which is beans, and no dairy. They want you to have meat, veggies, fruits, nuts, and seeds. Now, that's a pretty tough one to diet if you eat with friends all the time or if you eat out at restaurants. You can have a burger, but you can't have the bun that goes with it. You can go out to dinner Friday night with some buddies, but you can't have pizza because you can't have crust on your pizza. So some, some of those folks end up bringing their own food to your house when they come to eat, and that's just awkward. Um, one of my sons has a, a friend who's got some food problems and brings his own food to our house all the time. And it's, it's just something that's really hard to do and hard to maintain. Maybe you just have a family full of kids, and, like I did, and needed more variety. And you felt stifled by the choices, the limited choices coming from paleo. And, you know, maybe we can get the fact that some of the stuff isn't very good for us, but kids have a hard time grasping the fact that they're not supposed to be eating the buns on their cheeseburger. Oh, and probably shouldn't have any cheese because that's dairy for paleo. So those, those are a couple of items that, I, that I'd mentioned before. Some of the folks, on the other hand, you know, something doesn't work for them. Folks have food sensitivities. Gluten and dairy and peanut butter and tree nuts are things that people have allergies or sensitivities to. Uh, I've even talked to folks that have allergies and sensitivities to citrus and other fruits. Now, if you fall into this category, um, this is a tough one for you. You may have to replace some of the foods to get to nutrients that you might have eliminated by not where you're gonna get your calcium if you're not drinking milk. There's places to get it, but you need to be deliberate about that and you're gonna to need to pick a plan that does not limit the other sources, the alternative sources of calcium. If you're a person who's battling with high sugar issues, you're pre-diabetic, 
you might want to choose something that's got a little higher protein diet because that seems to work better with diabetics. The, the folks in, in these groups have a harder time switching to one of the new diet plans and so often they jump to the newest one because it's a change and they're just happy to do anything that's different. What is it exactly that I recommend? Well, I, I hate to go out on a limb like this, but I'm going to do it because I think that's, that's only fair. Uh, I think that the Mayo Clinic has a diet that is a real, real good blend of common sense and flexibility. You can find this diet by going to mayoclinic.org and typing in diet, healthy diet. Uh, this approach, in, I'm going to use some quotes now from them, it can be tailored to your own individual needs and health history. It is not a one-size-fits-all approach. They describe it as having two phases, one which will help you lose some weight initially, and the second part, which is dieting for the long haul. You will learn about food choices, about portion sizes, menu planning, the need for physical activity and exercise, and sticking to healthy habits. The food choices include lots of vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, beans, fish, and healthy fats. They have their own food pyramid. It encourages more fruits from the bottom and less from the top. And it suggests that you learn how to choose healthy options, portions, and healthy activity levels. It's a diet that doesn't forbid anything, and it doesn't complain that there is a secret, magical food that makes everything else okay. I love this because getting more knowledge and control is the idea that I'm trying to talk to folks about. It's what I do with my podcasts. If you've never considered that you have a diet or an eating plan, whether it's a named plan or not, then you need to consider that and think about that and run that through your brain a couple times. If you eat just when the opportunity presents itself, then think about how you could make healthier choices. What food choices are calorically rich, but nutritionally bankrupt? It happens. Uh, now, you've probably heard a lot of this before, um, if, especially if you've got one of these health conditions or sensitivities that forces you to stick to some of the guidelines. Maybe now you'll see some of this in a different light if that's the case. If you've also just followed the newest, shiniest, coolest fad diet that the hippest celebrity's talking about, you might want to step back a little bit, evaluate what's worked for you in the past, and take control of your eating plan based on your own needs as opposed to what somebody else is doing. We got to face it, folks. We are all going to eat. Most of us are going to eat three meals a day, and some of us are going to have some snacks in there. Let's start doing it in a way that can be helpful at helping all of us toward better health now.